the sacred masculine, I think there's a lot of confusion around this. It's not beating on your fucking chest. It's not being a warrior. Like those are all parts of good masculine movement in the world, right? Mm -hmm. But if they're not connected to that, which is great and unchanging consciousness itself, love itself, like love is love. It's infinite and unchanging. Consciousness is consciousness. It's infinite and unchanging. Everything else is movement in the world. So if we're moving in the world without love or consciousness driving it, we're often just reacting to, we're acting from patterns of, a, of, of what we've done for years and years and years. So what I'm trying to get men to see is that the sacred masculine is with everything, does not need it to change, and does not need anything from it. Welcome to Men This Way, the podcast for every man who seeks to live his deepest purpose in life, who's committed to showing up fully and giving his unique gifts to the world. Because if not you, then who? I'm your host and fellow journeyman, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Men This Way. Do you agree with those who say the world doesn't need masculinity or men? Of course you don't. But do you think it is time for a new vision of masculinity, one that would truly serve the world rather than only seek to dominate over it? And do you know what that vision could look like? Well, in today's episode, my guest is my dear friend, John Wineland. John is a decades-long practitioner and teacher who leads men and women in the practices of embodied masculine leadership, spiritual intimacy, and sexual polarity. He's the author of a new book about modern manhood and masculinity called From the Core, A New Masculine Paradigm for Leading with Love, Living Your Truth, and Healing the World. And I have the great luck and fortune to have John as another of my intimate men's group brothers. While I first learned about him, like most people do, through his uh, amazing videos and blogs over many years, over the past few years, I've gotten to know him personally. I've gotten to witness some of his very human challenges and struggles, and I've only grown to admire him for how he always does his best to meet them head on, to take responsibility for what is his to own, and leave for others to own what is theirs. I've been deeply blessed at being in the men's group with John, and this is one of the reasons that I'm often talking about in my podcast, the importance of men gathering with other men. It is life-changing, and all men should be in a men's group with other trustable men. In our conversation today, John and I dive into some key foundational ideas for what a new vision of masculinity can look like. And let's be clear. It's only new within our Western modern cultural pantheon of visions for a mature, constructive, generative, and generous, and still very powerful, masculine vision has been with human culture for eons. It's just that most of modern culture long ago lost the plot. And today, we're living some very bizarre and half-assed and persistently destructive versions of masculinity. So I'm excited for you to hear John and I dive into this essential topic today. Now, before we dive in, if you're a man who's struggling with an intimate relationship, maybe your partner isn't happy and you don't know why, or your sex life sucks or is non-existent, or maybe your partner wants things from you that you either don't understand what she wants 
or you just don't know how to give like more connection, more vulnerability, more presence, or more safety. Well, you need to know about my new Elevate Your Relationship live coaching program for men. It's a six-month live coaching experience, which means you get to work with me personally, and it's specifically for men who are wanting to show up more powerfully, be more present, practice more skillful communication, and create more passionate connection with their partner. In other words, it's for men who simply want greater fulfillment in their relationships and who want that for their partners too. In this live six-month coaching experience, you will learn how to better navigate conflict, to even use your differences and disagreements to not create chaos or stagnation, but turn your differences into passionate connection. You'll learn how to create and maintain healthy boundaries, how to stand in your power, and in ways that won't turn her off, but rather draw her towards you, if she wants that. We'll dive into how to be your full, authentic self in the relationship, how to create emotional connection, how to practice the sacred art of masculine-feminine intimacy for deeper passion, and more. If Elevate Your Relationship sounds like it might be a good fit for you and you'd like to be considered for this, go to brianreeves.com slash E-Y-R. It's Brian with a Y reeves.com slash E-Y-R and fill out the application there. If it does seem like we're a good fit, you'll be invited to schedule a no cost, no pressure phone consultation to explore if Elevate Your Relationship is a good fit for you. And I mean that I don't do pressure sales. I hate it when people do it to me. I will never do that to you. Again, the website is brianreeves.com slash E-Y-R, Brian with a Y. And if you're in a relationship and you're struggling, don't delay. Go to that link, fill out the application. It is your birthright to thrive in relationship, and I'm committed to helping you do that. Now, back to my conversation with John Wineland. Take a deep breath and stay present with us all the way through to the end of this episode of Men This Way. All right, let's dive. John Wineland, my friend, what's up, man? Good to have you back on Men This Way. Thank you, Brian. It's good to be back, man. Yeah. It's been a while. Last time I was on, we weren't, we didn't really know each other that well. Now we know each other pretty damn well. That's a fact, man. Yeah. I think our first episode was in 2019. Actually, you were one of, Mm -hmm. I can't remember which number episode it was, but you were very early days. I really appreciate you coming on and, and yeah, man, a lot's changed. Like we're legit buds now. I, I love that, man. That's, that's super cool. I mean, man, we saw like, each other last night. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Usually when I'm yeah. doing these interviews, I haven't yeah. seen the person ever in yeah. many cases. Yeah. And, or I haven't, if it's a friend, I haven't seen them in a few years or at least months. And, and so it's like, what's up, man. And you know, I just saw you last night. Yeah. But still, what's music up, man? with our ladies. I know. I yeah, know. what's up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always good yeah. to connect with you, man. It's, a, it's truly Thank been a, a great gift of uh, and surprise. You know, um, mm-hmm. I think we got connected this uh, this time through by um, uh, through a men's group that we both are now uh, in and have been in now. How long has it been that we've together been in this group? Two, Is it two, two years, I think. Coming up. 2021. Yeah. Years. Yeah. 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 Wow, man. So yeah, it's been, it's been a great, great gift, John, to, mm-hmm. to get to know you through this container and mm-hmm. in this way and deepen with you and, and, um, and see you, you know, ride the roller coaster of life a bit in these few years and, mm-hmm. and feel your fire, man. 
I love your fire. You're a fiery dude. And I like that. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, you. you, you, you often present very calm and gentle mm. and smooth and, and you got fire brother. And I fucking love it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, honed through men's groups, you know? Well, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and we're going to explore that more in our, in our conversation today. Um, uh, you've, you've, you've come out with a book since mm-hmm. our last episode. I think it was published mm-hmm. just last year, the year before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last year. From the core, the title is from the core, a new masculine paradigm for leading with love, living your truth and healing the world. Mm. And we're going to dive into that because that's, it's a, uh, I haven't gotten all the way through it, but Hell, man, just just the introduction is like a manifesto, mm. a beautiful, inspired, inspiring manifesto for mm. a, a vision for men. Mm. So I'm yeah. really excited to dive into that. Um, but I want to just check in with you because our, our first uh, episode back in 2019, the title of that was How Death Opens the Masculine Heart. Mm. And I really it was a very precious episode and and you were uh i think it was it had been maybe just barely a few years since no, it's just been less than a year since less died. than a yeah. year since your daughter's yeah. death and yeah. you know I, I know you never get over something like that but i i'd love to to bring our listeners if they did hear that episode just how is that how has that been settling in <clears throat> these uh, over these few years and you know how how are you holding that these days mm. yeah well um you know, I went through a whole process by the time when I talked to you, um, I was still in the, I guess you would just call it the fog of grief, like a haze of grief, like not really knowing, uh, you know, feeling, feeling a little lost in terms yeah. of like just having lost my only family, really, you know, yeah. my Claire yeah. was family. Um, I mean, I still have my nuclear family, but Claire was really my family. And, um, just in a haze. And then what I realized was coming out of that haze, probably a year later after we spoke 2020 was that I needed to take some space and really just focus on the grieving process. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I had done a lot of grieving, but, but I hadn't really like cleared everything out, cleared relationship out, cleared workout. So I mm-hmm. cleared out about three months to uh, to go to Hawaii and work with a teacher of mine and just go deep into a grieving process. Mm. I, I ended a relationship that I was in and, and I just was like, I have to do this work before I can do anything else. And um, and I did that and, and it really cleared mm. not only the grief, but one of the things I didn't, one of the things I didn't realize I was dealing with was, was my own PTSD mm. of having you know, watched my daughter suffer for 21 years, you know, watched her in the hospital again and again and again, mm-hmm. tubes and surgeries and mm-hmm. pain and struggle. And, you know, and, and any parent watching this will know that watching your child suffer is, is traumatic. Mm-hmm. It's, and then over and over and over again. And I didn't realize like all of my, what I realized in the grieving process was that I had my own grieving to do for me. Mm-hmm. Um, not just missing Claire and mm-hmm. grieving the loss of Claire, but all this like fuck. So I, um, so I, there were so many different layers of it, and I went through so many different journeys, like little, you know, uh, detours into this part of the grieving process and this part of the grieving process. And I remember taking a day with Kath, who is my teacher in Hawaii, and just narrating every horrific 
surgery mm-hmm. moment that I had to witness in Claire's life and literally took a day and we just went through all of the things mm-hmm. and I had to clear all that out of my system. And so, so for me, it was a, it was a really was a mm-hmm. thorough process. And uh, the truth is, man, I feel great. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel great right now. And mm-hmm. I, I miss Claire and yeah. I, and I, you know, occasionally she'll come in. I was in a sweat the other day and she came in and it was really beautiful to uh, to feel her, mm. but for the most part, I feel I feel yeah. clean and I feel open and I feel like she's in a good place and I'm in a good place and you know it's all good. Yeah. <clears throat> well, well, thank you for bringing us more into that. And uh, I've in the last couple months, you know, my my wife are, uh, and I are going through some health stuff, and I've 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 had to watch my wife experience some some painful procedures and. I you know hadn't really even occurred to me because we're not nearly as as deep in that as you were with Claire that that yeah that that I have I've been in the room when my wife has had mm-hmm. some really painful <laughs> things happen yeah. to her and the, yeah it's and it, it affects my body it mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, I hold it in my my nervous system as well so mm. yeah yeah thank you for bringing us into that so I want to dive into your work as I said with men. And, and your book, I said it a few moments ago, the, just the introduction is a, is a beautiful manifesto. And I I know that you've been doing men's work for a long time through, through various forms. Mm -hmm. Before we dive into some of the elements of your book, take us into your journey of how you came into the work that you do today. Now, I know that you've worked with you for the, for the many years now, you've been working with women, couples, and men hasn't been exclusively focused on men, but I know a lot of your work today is focusing more and more on men. I mean, hell, you just wrote a book about, you know, new masculine paradigm. So, I mean, that that, there's a trend here, but so, so take us into the journey of how you came into the work you do today, specifically how it came about to be leading men's work. And, and also answer this question, if you will, in, in your, as you share, did you really want to do men's work? Because I'll tell you, I didn't fucking really want to do men's work, you know, over the, uh, I, life kind of brought me kicking and screaming into myself doing men's work. I didn't say, yeah, you know, in my twenties, I fucking can't wait to lead men in men's work. So take us into your journey and, and, and share with us how that evolved uh, with you. Oh, that's funny. It's funny. So, you know, my journey in men's work started when I, you know, um, in my late twenties, I got sober and, um, and, and so my first like group of men that I could trust because I didn't grow up with trustable men, you know, Mm -hmm. my father split, my grandfather's died. One was an alcoholic one, you know, you know, so there was really, I was raised by all women. I had no trustable men Mm -hmm. in my field, you know, for the first, probably till I was yeah, probably none until I was in my twenties, to be honest, um, except for friends. So when I went into this group, this, I I, literally, I, I built my life around this, this 12 step group that met every day for lunch. I think I told you this story and we met for 10 years. You know, I mean, literally I was like, I was there with these guys every, and they were the guys who were in the hospital with me. They were the guys who, you know, helped start Claire's foundation. They, you know, these guys like literally took me in, taught me how to do the basics of be a good father, start a business, show up all those things that, you know, I never learned from a father because my father was not that, 
So, so that was my first 10 years of men's work. And then I realized after about 10 years of that, that there was this whole, let's call it embodied, sacred, spiritual, masculine that I did not have access to that I did not know how to access. And when I read David Data's book, The Way the Superior Man, it just kind of clicked like, oh, this is the thing that I need. Actually, one of the guys from that group gave me that book. <laughs> and uh, and so I started to go into it and I realized like, wow, I don't even, I have no idea what this is. And then I, I went to one of David's workshops and just immediately fell in love with this idea of embodiment, like what it means to be an embodied warrior, what it means to embody love, what it means to embody fierce love, what it means to embody desire, what it means to embody all those things. And it was such a beautiful experience to find that part of myself that I was in like that. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm in. So I started, I basically followed David around for 13 years, ended up assisting with him and ended up co-teaching with him for a couple of years. And then, and then, you know, we've now kind of gone our separate ways and, and, uh, but I'm so grateful that he opened up this whole world to me that I just would have had no idea about. And then along the way, I started to work with other kinds of men's work, like anything, uh, a Toltec, Toltec shamanic, uh, lineage, um, uh, mankind project, um, anything, you know, martial arts, anything that felt like this would serve men to mm -hmm. deepen and discipline and get structure. And so I just started to pull from all kinds of different, uh, practices and went deep into working with some, really some beautiful teachers, not just David, but Cass Phelps and Sifu Matthew and, um, and uh, Teo Alfaro, like all these really beautiful, really powerful teachers. And then I, the amalgamation of all mm -hmm. that work is the book. Yeah. Like this is my best shot at what I think men need, mm. what I've seen men need, what I needed, <laughs> quite frankly, what I needed. You know, I was like the first, you know, I went all Tim Ferriss on it and say, like, I'm just going to work on myself first mm. and then mm -hmm. see what mm. works. So all of that book is pretty much 10 plus years of my own personal journey and then the journey of what I've taught through men's groups for the last, say, seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. Um and it all it's kind of a the the best of is all in that book. Yeah. Well, I'm going to read a passage from the introduction, uh, just a, a paragraph, if that's all right by you. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we need a new understanding of masculinity and how it can serve, inspire, and support the world. One steeped in the currencies of feeling, integrity, consciousness, presence, and love. One that supports and devotionally celebrates the rise of the feminine, which I capitalize when referring to the meta-feminine in all of us. The rise of the feminine in our culture and doesn't try to dominate, control, or capture. We need a framework of practical understanding that embraces the integration of our own tender and emotional sides without relinquishing our core masculine gifts and most sacred truths. This framework should not simply reward entrepreneurial, technological, or financial successes, but seek to reveal and express the more sublime and profound aspects of a man, his core heart, expansive consciousness, and emotional depth. We need a paradigm that clarifies what it means to strengthen, embody, and when appropriate, lead from a masculinity focused on liberation and born of consciousness and love. 
I say fucking beautiful, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Re- you. Really beautiful writing. I, I, I know a lot of men, a lot of our culture is in this uh, conversation. Do we even need men? Do we need masculinity? <laughs> you know, it, it, it was just ridiculous. It's like saying, do we need, do we need the direction left? Do yeah. we need, do we need, <laughs> do we, do we need darkness? Can't we just have light all the time yeah. Yeah. or vice versa? It, but you know, we know we you and I know that that's born of a lot of pain and a lot of a lot of you know. I saw this uh, beautiful quote and very poignant. Uh, man, I can't remember was, uh, a woman named Susan. I can't remember her last name, but she said, um, "I'm paraphrasing." One of the, the the reason men are afraid of 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 women leading or women rising is because we're afraid that if, if women, uh, do lead that they'll rule over men in the same way that men have ruled over women. That really spoke to me. That really spoke to me. And what I hear in your, and that's just, this is just one paragraph of a beautiful introduction, uh, to your book, John. And I, I hear you speaking, you know, beautifully to the, the, that what, what almost feels like a paradox, the paradox of, of, it's like, yeah, get the fuck out of the way and be in the fucking way, be a part of the way, right? It's like, how, how can we, um, what were the words here that you said? It's like a framework of practical understanding that embraces the integration of our own tender and emotional sides without relinquishing our core masculine gifts and most sacred truths, right? That. Yeah. Well, you know who want, you know who knows that masculinity is this form of masculinity is needed? Women. Mm. Like mm-hmm. you know, you ask any powerful women like mm-hmm. do you do do you want this? Mm. Do you want this in men? Mm-hmm. And they are a fucking hell yes, you know, you know. <laughs> yes. 7 days a week. That's right. So That's right. so so they are calling for this. And I think what mm. what I I think is needed here is a you know, rather than men leading and dominating, which is what we've done the last hundred thousand years, to women taking the taking the reins and dominating, we need a uh, a a sensitive co-creation that both celebrates the feminine and all of the aspects of the feminine gifts, energy, intuition, devotion in men and women. Right, the feminine in men and women, and we need the masculine that is sacred. So we really need an integrated sacred masculine and feminine, not just internally in each of us individually, not just as couples or, you know, as partners and in society. So I think that, I think that there is a a growing call for men to reconnect to the depth of their sacred masculine, which is different than the toxic masculine we've seen over the last say hundred years or so, or even longer since probably, you know, yeah. Throughout long, time, maybe. long time, yeah, long time, <laughs> long time. I mean, I, you know, there, there have been really beautiful masculine mm-hmm. wisdom cultures, right? So mm-hmm. you don't want to just throw, it's not, you right. know, you really want to point a finger. You can point a finger yeah. at the fucking church and, you know, starting mm-hmm. in yeah. about 1500s, that's mm-hmm. when things really started to get toxic. Mm-hmm. But, but, Women are wanting, and I think the world is wanting, a new paradigm of masculinity that doesn't just throw everything out, but doesn't rely on winning as a strategy or accumulation as a strategy or, you know, and, and so 
that is, I guess, a big message in the book that the strategies mm. that the, the, the new masculine paradigm is really about liberation of love, liberation of consciousness as a strategy for improving the world, having a better life, feeling good about yourself, you know, having better sex, you know, all of it. Yeah. Well, you know, as you're speaking to that, I'm, <clears throat> I'm really mindful of how, you know, there's this, uh, you know, that saying what you resist persists. So there's something else you say, uh, another quote from the introduction. The problem as I see it is not in a man's desire to step up, but in his understanding of how to most powerfully do so. And what I hear in a, in this, the cultural conversation around men is, is a lot of women, let's say, um, have been clamoring, aching for men to step up. I don't know if they'd necessarily use that language. A lot of times yeah. they'll use far less skillful language. <laughs> but, yeah. but all the same, the desire, the longing is show up, step up, right? The the one of the to the top two complaints according to the Gottman Institute from from women uh, about men in relationships is he's not there for me. He's just not there for me. he's not here. He's not showing up. And I, I get the that the more us men resist the calls to step up because we don't know what's being asked. There's a backlash that then shows up that says, well, let's just get fucking rid of you men altogether. There's sort of mm -hmm. that tone of, well, fine, you don't want to step up, then I don't fucking need you. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's sort of the undertone. And, and I think you, you point out so poignantly, so importantly that the problem is not in a man's desire to step up. We all want to fucking step up. Yeah. yeah. We just don't know how to, we don't know what that means. We don't know how to do it in a way that is powerful in a way. Again, there's yeah. so much to explore here, but, but let me leave it there and put it in your hands. Yeah. Well, I would, I would replace the term step up with love. Well, love right. Well, like men okay. want to love their partners. Well, right. Yeah. Um, th they really do. I, that, that's, I just seen that over and over again. I mean, you know, they wouldn't join my programs or your programs or no. put in the time and energy and money. If, if the, if the motivation wasn't to love well, um, so they really do want to love well. And so I would prefer that than mm. step up. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I think that what men are running into is what we were taught, right? This myth of the good husband that is kind of now coming, you know, slamming into a fucking brick wall, you know, be a good provider, be a good father, support her dreams and visions, you know, be a good outstanding member of your community. You're golden. You're good. That's what we were taught is yeah. required, yeah. right? Yeah. That is just the fucking table stakes now. That is just the yeah. ante to get into the game. The new framework that is needed is a, a deep, deep capacity for awareness, emotional mm -hmm. awareness, energetic awareness, spiritual awareness, awareness of the infinite, awareness of energy, right? So awareness, nobody mm -hmm. taught us as kids like, mm -hmm. oh, the most important currency you can have in your relationship is your capacity for awareness. Mm -hmm. So awareness, groundedness. Um, you know, integrity, which is, you could also call the truth of your own heart, um, capacity to, to both be sensitive, but also grounded and connected to something greater than yourself. All of these things are currencies that we weren't told are going to be 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Nobody told us they are going to be the most important currencies in relationship. Well, now they are. And so, and men don't know how to access them or use them. And so part of the book and part of my work is, is really to teach men how to do that. I know that's part of your work too. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, well, you know, one of the probably biggest breakthroughs that I've had personally around relationship and that I see also when, when men start to get this, it's a fucking game changer. Totally. And it's, it's, it's exactly the opposite of what we've been taught. And that is, that is the capacity to just be with what is to be with the pain to be, you know, this idea that also a man, you know, in that, in that, in that vision you painted, you know, man, pillar of his community, he's a good husband. He's a good father. He's just good. He's just good across mm -hmm. the board. He's good. What I also hear in that is he has no, there's no problems that he can't solve mm -hmm. there. He, you know, a man handles his problems <laughs> and, and that, that man, uh, that life doesn't exist for for any man really i mean we right. can deny our problems we can run from them we can numb out from them um we can try to force them back into you know the holes from which they seem to emerge our problems <clears throat> all of that and you know as i said just me being with what what's happening for my wife without trying to solve it fix it in the moment, you know, whether it's yeah. her tears, her frustration, her obviously having boundaries, not, not letting myself get beat up, but, yeah. but the capacity to be aware, like you said, awareness. And that is, again, I wasn't trained for that, as you said. Yeah. 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 Right. How do, how do men start to cultivate like a man's, this, let's say a man's listening to this the first time he's ever heard it. Yeah. And he's kind of heard, yeah, you know, you got to learn how to be with her problems and emotions, but I don't really know be what present. that means. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't be present. Exactly. What are you talking about? I'm here, aren't I? Yeah. I'm fucking yeah. here. What do you want from me? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good start. Physical presence is a good start, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let's not, let's, you know, that, that means he's trying, he's willing, right? right. So, okay. you know, yeah. he's willing. So let's give him that. But, and the rest of it, he hasn't trained his nervous system. I mean, another piece of the framework that I get into in the book is about strengthening your nervous system. Mm. Because think of the feminine as energy, the feminine in us, emotions, thoughts, sensations, or the feminine in them, the feminine in the world. Like the feminine in this framework is everything, is experience, all experience, money, business, success, mm -hmm. women, sex, love, all of it, trauma, all of it. And so our capacity to hold energy is directly related to how strong our nervous system is. Mm -hmm. So for example, can you just sit still for 15 fucking minutes and breathe? That's actually a nervous system training. Can you ground your lower body into the earth and soften your heart? That's a nervous system training. Can you do that while somebody is sharing upset with you? That's a nervous system training. Um, so all of these things that I'm talking about, they sound good, but what I'm trying to say in the book is that they are lifelong practices filled with failure and recommitment mm. and that there's not, you know, one of the problems with the way of the superior man, which I loved, mm -hmm. right. Same. Is that, is that it just, it made these things seem easy. Mm. They're not, mm -hmm. they're not. It's not easy to like keep your heart open while your woman is criticizing <laughs> the fuck out of you, is it? Hard, hardest thing I'll ever do in my it's, life. <laughs> and most men will say the same thing. It's not easy to just tussle with her when she's, mm -hmm. you know, you know, kind of poking at you. Mm -hmm. It's not impossible and it's mm -hmm. certainly doable, but it's just nothing we were taught. Mm 
And so the nervous system training needed to get there as you know, and, and, and what a lot of men would love to do requires work. It does require effort, does require, it's a yoga, it's a meditative practice and it's a commitment. Can you make a distinction between the man who is, let's say, shut down, just disconnected or, or, or imploded in his body, right. collapsed and he, okay, he's not moving. He's still, he has no facial expression. He looks still, he looks yeah. like, okay, I'm listening <laughs> he, to this shit, yeah, you know, he's traumatized. And, yeah. but he's just, yeah. he's traumatized. Yeah. What's, what make the distinction between that? reaction and the man who is genuinely because that man's not present we would no right? no he's not he's 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 in his own trip yeah yes yeah. well numbness numbness is a really good distinction right so okay. so the 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 man who's present in the way that i'm talking about is both still for you know I mean, you don't have to be like a fucking stone but right. you know you, yeah. you know you're 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 holding energy rather than you know right you're you're meeting the energy that's coming to you with consciousness and groundedness right yeah. but you're not your heart's not closed yeah. there might you might even be crying you might have facial mm. expressions you might have tears you you're moved and you're mm. in the game mm. happening in front of you mm-hmm. but you're not you're not numb. Your heart's not closed. Mm-hmm. You're not, you know, you're not, cla- you can see it, you know, little things like you can watch for, like someone's heart collapses a little bit. So mm-hmm. their shoulders slump forward, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They're, 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 they're not breathing. They're kind of sunken yeah. a little bit, right? Yeah. Versus someone who really is holding space is relaxed in the front. Mm-hmm. Their breath is, you know, deep as possible. They try to keep their heart soft, their eyes soft. And they're in the experience without, like you said, needing to change it. Mm-hmm. That's the sacred masculine. Mm-hmm. The sacred masculine, I think there's a lot of confusion around this. It's not beating on your fucking chest. It's not mm-hmm. being a warrior. Like, it's not like those are all parts of good masculine movement in the world, right? Mm-hmm. But if they're not connected to that which is great and unchanging, consciousness itself, love itself, like love is love. It's infinite and unchanging. Mm-hmm. Consciousness is consciousness. It's infinite and unchanging. Everything else is movement in the world. So if we're moving in the world without love or consciousness driving it, we're often just reacting to we're acting from patterns of, of of what we've done for years and years and years. So what I'm trying to get men to see is that the sacred masculine is with everything, does not need it to change, mm-hmm. right? And does not need anything from it. So to be fully in the experience without needing it to change, whether it's a person, like whether it's your own emotion right, or their emotion yeah. or something that's happening in the world. I mean, you're yeah. going, you've gone through this, man, the yeah. last few weeks, yeah. like being yeah. in yeah. that, that's the sacred masculine. Yeah. In my, in my opinion. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'll share. So you mentioned that I've been going through something the last few weeks and, and, you know, uh, some, some health issues in my family and, and my, you know, that my wife and I are experiencing and we're not ready to, to talk about the details uh, publicly yet, but yeah, it's been, it's been pretty gnarly the last couple of months. And, and, um, you know, it's really, it's, it's the kind of thing that, that can either tear a couple apart or bring you closer together. 
And I would definitely say that, you know, being in the practice of just being with what is, including my own heartbreak and my own sadness and my own, uh, you know, I spent a whole day crying um, because w- when we first got this, this news and, and uh, just for any of our listeners out there, uh, no, nobody's dying, nobody's terminal, don't worry. <laughs> it's not that. Uh, we'll, we'll probably share at some point in the coming months or years. I don't know when, when we're ready to. But, um, and of course, when my wife is, is on board with that. And, um, but it's brought us closer together. What we've been going through is really bringing us closer together because, I mean, my wife is amazing at being with the emotions and the feelings. I mean, she longs for it. You know, she prides herself. She, uh, we used to make this joke, uh, you know, in the, in the coaching world, people want to market themselves. You know, I've, I've served 10,000 people or I've transformed 10,000 lives or, and my wife, my wife says, I've, I've collected 10,000 tears (laughs) from people. Like she, she loves, you know, and I tend to be the more stoic male. I tend to be a little more shut down around my emotions. And it's been a, a, a long, many years of practice now to be with that stuff and to, and it's, it's really bringing us closer because of, of the willingness on both our parts to just be in the sadness, be it, be with whatever is arising in the moment and in partnership together and not, you know, turning each other into the enemy. You know, which I have the, I have that tendency to make her, her tears, her emotions, her upset or mine, the enemy got to get, get around and out of this as fast as possible. So, you know, I hope men listening really take this to heart. It's, it's not an easy practice as, as John pointed out, but it is an essential practice. Yeah. And it takes, it takes, it's a skill set actually skill that needs to be learned and practiced. I mean, you know, I just did something yesterday with my partner where we just, we literally sat in front of each other for five minutes and each of us emoted, <laughs> you know, each of us just emoted and the other one held space. Right. And uh, I mean, so it's just simple things yeah, like that yeah. where, where you practice like yeah. just being a yes to whatever the other person is going through. That's yeah. one way to work with it. Yeah. Uh, the other way is in men's groups. Like we did, yeah. you know, like we've done in, in men's groups, like being yeah. with being able to emote and clear yeah. stuff and hold yeah. stuff for other men, which is why men's groups are so helpful. Mm -hmm. because it's a great practice ground yeah you mentioned earlier that that when i was complimenting you on your fieriness i'm fiery so i love you know fire loves fire uh that through a lot of men's group work yeah that helped elicit that helped you shape that or help you express that in ways that that were these are my words you didn't say this but my words that are constructive versus purely destructive which is what most men Mm -hmm. learn by default. I guess it depends on who you ask. <laughs> but Good point. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I try, but that's my intent, of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How would you say that that being a part of men's groups has helped you? Because I think the reason this this really matters to me is because a, a lot of the men that I work with, and I think a lot of men in the world today, we, we feel very disconnected from our power, disconnected from our voice. We're afraid to, it's like we're caught in this polarity of, of I either can't say anything because I'm just, I'll just get in trouble or mm-hmm. fuck it. I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want and goddamn the consequences. Yeah. I'm going to get Andrew, Andrew Tate it or whatever. Uh, you know? Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that one extreme or the other. <laughs> yeah. Not, neither of those serve. 
So I think it's important. I found that too through men's work, but I'd love to hear how has that served you, men's work, mm-hmm. to to really connect to your power in a way that is that is not Andrew Tate, but mm-hmm. nor are you shut down and unable to express what's really going on for you. Yeah, yeah. So I think that there are two pieces of nourishment and training that men need in men's work. And the first is to be held in a brotherhood mm-hmm. that sees you, acknowledges your highest, your highest attributes, maybe your greatness, you know, acknowledges that, sees that, calls for, you know, um, uh, supports that, encourages that, all of those things, right? So um, that's the first piece, I think, mm-hmm. right? 100%. But less, less discussed and as important, I would say, is, and this is the piece I got from David Data, you know, seeking out your, the men that you trust, seeking out their criticism, their feedback, their challenge, where they see you, you know, falling short, holding back, out of integrity, not aligned. And both of those things are incredibly important, you know, and a lot of the men's groups I see and a lot of the men's work I see is more the former and very little of the latter. Mm-hmm. And the latter is what sharpens you. The latter is mm-hmm. what strengthens you. The latter is what what reveals your unconscious blind spots. And and so my training in the fire, so to speak, really came out of that lineage of like my job. If I love you, my job is to point out your blind spots for the man I know you want to be. Now, do I need to come at that? Artfully, sometimes I struggle with that, as you know. <laughs> do I need to? Do I need to get permission from you to do that? Yes, I think those are really important. But once those things are set, like fucking bring it. Like, and I'm not helping you. I'm not loving you. I'm not serving you as a man if I don't do that. If I'm just like rah rah rah, mm-hmm. you're the best. You're the greatest. I love you. Know what I mean, like, and 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 so men's work needs to have both. Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of what I, that's the way that I prefer to do men's work as you know. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I'm with you. And and one of the things you, uh, another thing you said in your introduction that really spoke to me because I've been hearing this from, from men, even in the context of intimate relationship, but you say this in, well, here's, here's what you say at the core of most men's exploration into men's work is a desire for belonging. For brotherhood, to love and be loved, and to be seen as noble and good, which you just shared. Like in in the work that I do, we stand for four the sort of four core experiences that 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 we stand for. One is to be witnessed. Right? You just said it to be witnessed, to be celebrated. Right, that's it. To love and be loved, to to be seen as noble and good, but also to be challenged. That's the third, to be challenged yeah. and, and to be supported, right? Those four are what, are what we stand for. But here's what's interesting to me, John. A lot of the men that I've been hearing from in my, through the context of my, the relationship work I do have said they don't even feel that they belong in their own families. You know, I, I'm working with a, a man who has been married for 30 so years, has got two grown children and, mm-hmm. and he's experienced this feeling like he doesn't even belong in his, with his, with his, in his family. And not, not from the sense of like home is elsewhere. I mean, he struggled to belong anywhere. Yeah. And speak more to that. What, what do you, 
What do you know? I mean, how, where did that sentence come from? Because I, I wouldn't have written that myself a number of years ago, or, or mm. a, again, that 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 sense of belonging is fairly new to me as well. I, n- I never just hadn't really thought much about men's desire for belonging, and and mm. uh, again, I'm I'm I only well anyway. Let me just shut up. I have so much more I could, you know, ramble on about that. But l- let me put that in your hands. What, what, what say yeah. you? Well, you asked where, where that sentence came from, and it really came from watching men, like watching what happens to men when they are in groups. I mean, I've been running men's programs for eight years now mm-hmm. and watching what happens to them. Like we would, there were just 60 of us out in the desert mm-hmm. and it was the first time these guys met in pub in, in, uh, in person and to watch them, to watch what happened to their nervous system, to their hearts, to watch them open up to watch them just like crack open um, as they, you know, sort of felt all these things, right. And really felt like they belonged in this group is yeah. truly beautiful. And it's, it's, it's unmistakable. So that sentence came from just me watching what happens to men and watching what happened to myself. I mentioned that first men's group I was part of for 10 years. Like I belonged in that group. I, I staked my claim and I was like, I'm part of this group. And in doing that, my, I could feel safe in the world. I could feel held in the world. I could get, I was challenged. I was supported all the things that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and men, men do need that because in belonging, they get those four things that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. They get supported, they get loved, they get challenged. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? All the Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. they get witnessed. Mm -hmm. And so I think men realize that. And which is why so many men are waking up to the value and I want to really use that. I want to emphasize that word, the value of men's work, right? Yeah. Because yeah. these are nutrients that are fucking yeah. crucial. Yeah. 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 I, I'm i in the last number of years, uh, as I've been really focusing on serving men more than, you know, I, I really don't work with women so much anymore. Sometimes I'll, I still work with couples and, but I'm really focusing on men um, <clears throat> one of the things that I'll, I'll often say to men is, is, uh, if you, you want your intimate relationship to s- succeed, make sure you're a part of a men's group of some form, shape or another. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you talk about three obstacles and again, I'm going to, going to read right from your introduction, but I, your introduction was just a, a treasure trove of, 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 of ideas and, and, uh, perspectives and thoughts and proclamations and uh, declaration. I loved it truly just, just the introduction, John was so, so rich to, to pull from for our conversation, but uh, I'm going to look, sometimes people ask me about the things I've written and I actually don't remember. You know, Brian, tell us about the the five <laughs> things an evolved man wants from a woman. I like. Well, can you tell me? Because I wrote that years ago. I don't fucking remember. <laughs> uh, I just want to check in with you. Do you do you remember the three obstacles that you talked to? No, no, I can't. No, no, I can't. Fair remember. enough. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, Say, yeah, I yeah. totally get it. I understand. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know. Uh, okay. Well, here, here's here's the here's here's how we set this up. The major problem I see in men. This is a quote from your your book is the disconnect between the desire to be a force of consciousness and love in the world and the actual ability to do so powerfully. Mm. And at the heart of this disconnect are three primary obstacles. 
and I'll, I'll say them and then love for you to just say a bit more. The first yeah. is that men have not trained themselves to use mindfulness and meditative practices to go beneath just thinking about their lives and into what would most enhance vitality, clarity, and freedom. So the first obstacle, not the lack of training in mindfulness and meditative practices to, to get beneath our thoughts, essentially. Yeah. Say yeah. more about that as an obstacle. Yeah. Well, I think the two, I think two, because the second piece of that is around vitality, right? Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> we, we tend to get on the train of our thinking about something, right? And make it real. Then our body follows suit, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll have a, we'll, like, I need to get da, 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 da. I need this, or I'm not winning here, or something needs to change so that the present moment will be okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I need more experience. I need more success. I need more sex. I need more above. I need, I need, I need is an often is. So our bodies take the shape of I need. And we don't actually get into what's beneath what's the emotional experience, what's the, the essence, what's our essence, right? And so we've, we've trained ourselves to follow our thinking to the degree that that's what creates our reality. And my argument is that that is so habitual, we actually need to slow it down enough to be aware of the yeah. sensations and the experience in our body moment to moment. Yeah. Which is a lot harder than it sounds. Oh, that's a fact. You know, yeah. when, when yeah. my wife, when my wife and I get into an argument, which we do regularly, mm -hmm. she's fiery like me uh, and opinionated like me. Um, my mind is often racing, you know, I'm, I'm, my mind just does what the mind does. Thoughts do what thoughts do. And, and, um, uh, so I, I think this, this first obstacle you've pointed out is I'm a hundred percent on board. I mean, the practice of just not believing what I'm thinking, you know, being willing yeah. to not know, even though I, my brain is telling me, no, man, you fucking know exactly what's happening or what should happen or what needs to happen. Yeah. yeah. That is pretty much only always ever gotten me in trouble. So, so the trick here, which is so easy, but so hard to practice is take my awareness off of my thoughts mm -hmm. and put it somewhere else. Put it on slowing my breath, mm. put it on softening yeah. my heart, yeah. put it on feeling her heart, yeah. put it somewhere else <laughs> and not just on my thinking. Yeah. 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 yeah that's great. I'll, I'll when, a lot of times when I start to get into a disagreement with Sylvie, I'll, I'll cross my arms and hold my breath. I mean, I'm, or I'm not, I'm just not breathing. Like you said it earlier, uh, that's the, the clues in my body are I tighten my face tightens. So what I'll do is I, when I, as soon as I notice that, oh shit, okay, I, I just drop my arms to my side, take a deep breath. I'll even kind of stretch my face a little bit, you know? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And it's so helpful to both of us. Yeah. Just that yeah. simple little thing. So the obstacle that you mentioned is just the momentum that men have created throughout their lives in following the thought pattern rather than what you just described. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, that little shift is really is so important yeah. just to be able to drop beneath the thought pattern into yeah. your body like you just did. Yeah. And that's the first, that's the first obstacle I see all the time. Now, the second obstacle is that men face a, uh, Oh, let's see. The second obstacle I see men face is a real connection to feeling 
not mm. just emotion, but the ability to sense their own bodies and environments. Mm. Mm. Say more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of connected to what you just talked about and mm -hmm. what we were talking about, right? But this putting my awareness on the sensations in my body, the sensations in, you know, in the room, the sensations in my family, my partner, my kids, you know, my employees, my community, and being able to actually be sensitive enough. And when I say sensitive enough, I'm not talking like, I'm, I'm talking like, a, yeah. like, like a ninja, right? Or like a very good martial artist can sense the environment and mm -hmm. sense the body and sense micro movements and mm -hmm. others. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's literally, a, it's kind of like a martial arts training to become that sensitive. Yeah. And it requires all kinds of movement and all kinds of embodied practice and breath practice and everything to stoke the nervous system's capacity to feel more. Yeah. And it's a training. It's a training, yeah. but it's such a crucial, it's such a crucial training. And, and most of us were not taught that that's important. <laughs> Yeah. So some of my favorite exercises in, in over the years of doing men's work and, and you and I, we even did it yesterday in our, in our mm -hmm. bi-monthly men's mm -hmm. meeting here in, in Austin are, are when we're, <clears throat> we're either blindfolded or our eyes are closed mm. and something is happening in the environment and our, our, the practice is to be present is to feel, feel into what's happening using whatever senses we can tap into other than sight. There's something about those moments. Like we did that yesterday. We were playing that game uh, and then we were, okay, close your eyes and we're going to play the same game. Uh, sort of like an improv uh, game. And I just come alive when, mm. when, when I have to close my eyes and, and, try to feel something in the room. There's something about that. That's so enlivening to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, yeah. It just means more of you uh, is online is online. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. And, and yeah. It, it really, you know, where we spend so much time doing the opposite, numbing, closing down, like yeah. focusing on our phone or focusing yeah. on something that's right in front of us. Yeah. Whereas taking our awareness wide, and I, when I say awareness, I'm not just talking mental awareness. I'm actually talking body awareness, heart awareness. Yeah. Like we're aware in our bodies way more than we just don't turn it on. Yeah. We just don't turn it on. And I think, and this will play, this plays into the third obstacle. I think a lot of men, and I see the tendency in me as well, shut that down, shut that sensitivity sh down because we do fucking feel it. And it's, <laughs> it, it can be overwhelming or frightening. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I can feel when something is off with my wife. I can <laughs> feel that. I can feel something is off with a friend or I, I can feel it. And in the past, when I just, when I didn't know, and this is the third obstacle, this speaks into the third obstacle, which I'll, I'll read here in just a moment. But in the past, I didn't know what to do about it. And I knew I was just going to fuck this up or make this worse. Or I just don't, I, I, I don't want to, or she's going to make this worse. What? I, so let me just yeah. turn away from it. Shut mm -hmm. down <laughs> my feelers because yeah. I don't, the third obstacle, most men simply lack the skill set needed to affect their environments with conscious awareness and embodied sensitivity. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So that's the difference between being, being sensitive and being able to feel what's happening in your world and in yourself, and then being able to lead 
it to an op- more open, more yeah. loving, more conscious place. Yeah. And there is a, you know, those are different skill sets. The first requires you be aware of yourself, your own heart, your own emotions, your own body, right? Your own th- thoughts. Then to be aware of the environment, then to impact the environment. And so, no, nobody taught us how, you know, everything from conscious communication to using presence or your own body mind to help relax another or to help open another or to help love another. Um, that's another skill set. And so yeah. all three of those skill sets are needed. Well, I know that this speaks to the heart of, of every man. Uh, I, I know. Likewise, having, I told you earlier, I came kicking and screaming into, to, to, to not necessarily doing men's work myself, but certainly leading it. Mm. And now I see it as one of the greatest gifts and experiences of my life. I mean, I'm a fucking man, you know, and that's a lot of the reason I came kicking and screaming is because I I had a lot of shame and anger towards men, towards myself, et cetera. And and now, man, after doing this work, I see the beauty in men's hearts, the longing to show up, to love well. Yeah. I only ever always see that buried beneath all kinds of, of trauma and stories and programs and, 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 you know, histories. And so, you know, John, uh, your book is in audiobook. Yeah. 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 It's an audio book. It's on Amazon. It's easy to find. I uh, highly recommend, as I said, this was just me and John kind of dancing through some of what he's written in the introduction. <laughs> uh, the book is called From the Core, A New Masculine Paradigm for Leading with Love, Living Your Truth, and Healing the World. It's available uh, pretty much everywhere you get books, including uh, audiobooks. Uh, I know yeah. that I know a lot of people don't read books, but they listen to audiobooks. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, glad yeah. This, there's so much more that we could talk about, uh, but I I want to start wrapping up here. But I want to I want to finish with something, John. Um, something I've been playing with, just kind of in, in a fun little lightning round uh, at the end, uh, and it's around emotions. I call it your five core emotional triggers. Mm. Right, you know the mm. the five the the sort of five. Uh, I don't know, primary color emotions we tend to start with in men's work. The, mm. the simple questions start with number one. What makes mm-hmm. you mad? I think uh, uh, unconscious projection, like people just being mm. un- unconsciously projecting their stuff onto you. Yeah, thank you. What makes you sad? Um, numbness, mm. like watching people who have all these feelings buried beneath a traumatized, mm. closed body. Mm. And they, they just, they want to bring it out, but they can't. Yeah. yeah. What uh, causes you to feel joy? Mm. You know, what you just talked about, like watching the beauty in, you know, when men actually touch these parts of themselves and they mm. touch these parts of each other and they mm-hmm. see and they witness this in each other. And there's this like whole new possibility of relating to men right? That isn't about sports and bars and getting drunk and, you know, chasing women. And it's, it's much deeper than all that. And watching that brings me immense joy. Yeah. What uh, causes you to feel fear? I guess being misunderstood, being misrepresented, being, Mm. um, you know, having what I feel to be so important in my life threatened, Mm. you know, what I've spent so much time building to be threatened or Mm. attacked. 
Mm -hmm. And finally, dealer's choice. What causes you to feel shame or embarrassed or just want to hide from the world? <laughs> um, shame, you know, I think there's parts of my, um, you know, my baser nature, you know, the part of my shadow nature that, you know, still, still causes me to feel shame. Mm -hmm. Um, everything from, you know, any addictions that I have, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, fucking scrolling on my phone to, mm -hmm. you know, um, to, uh, man, I had a bout with nicotine for years, right. That, mm -hmm. that caused me a lot of shame because I just, it was just an addiction I had, I, mm -hmm. I struggled with. Mm -hmm. And, um, so revealing that was really, was really hard to let people see that was really hard. And, um, ultimately my healing came from letting people see that. So, uh, yeah. So those are the things that caused yeah. me shame, just being fucking human. Yeah. I you get know? that, man. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, just final parting words for our listeners, uh, men or women alike. What, what would you hope that if they were to dive into your book, what would you hope that they, they really come away with from that? Yeah. That, so I'm specific to my book. Um, mm -hmm. I would want them to walk away with this, with the immense power that comes from, we didn't get into it too much from masculine practice mm -hmm. and masculine practice is the practice of resting as awareness, as conscious awareness and witnessing sensation as a meditative practice. So if they were going to step into my book, I'd say that capacity, that skill set, that training to be able to rest as conscious awareness and witness experience rather than get pulled into experience mm -hmm. is so crucial for men and women, mm -hmm. right? Because we are experienced junkies and we are we're like drawn into it and our capacity to stay, I don't want to say detached, but to stay, you know, to stay wide as, as awareness feeling experience that to me is the game changing practice to be able to do both of those things mm -hmm. more is what I would want people to take from my book. Yeah. And the importance of that, the importance mm -hmm. of that as a, as a skill set, as like a, an incredibly valuable money-making sex, improving <laughs> relationship, deepening, you know, you know, uh, skill set. Yeah. Yeah. Why it matters. Yeah. Well, well, maybe we'll do another episode where we just talk about masculine practice if you're up for it. Love, love that, man. Love that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'll come I'll nerd out on this shit all day, bro. Yeah. You know, yeah. That. You, you and me, you and me, you and yeah. me both, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. Uh, John, finally, just where can our listeners learn more about you, what you're up to? Uh, we've already said where they can get your book, but yeah. Where should they go? Yeah. John, johnweinland.com. Um, and there is something I'll plug, which is I have a, I have, I don't know, hundreds of hours of content and practices, like literally led practices, push and play practices from workshops on a virtual workshop. And we've, you know, we've got 500 subscribers and there's a really beautiful community there. So people who like want to just get more of this content and actually be able to do some of the practices that I'm talking about, the virtual workshop is a great, easy place to start. Great. And that's on your website as well, John Wineland. Yeah, that's on, on, yep, on my website, John Wineland Streaming or johnwineland.com. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, John, yeah. man, always a pleasure to, oh, to, to you, dan man. dance with you and love what you're up to. And I'm happy to turn other men onto your work and your book. And Likewise, man. 
Likewise, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun because, you know, you and I get to talk a lot. We get to see each other a fair amount, but we don't get to dive into this too to much. This. So it's fun, fun to do this with you. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And I'll yeah. see you Thursday. All right, brother. See you then. <laughs> Look forward to it. All, All right. right, John. Be well, man. See you soon. Yeah, you too, bro. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again to my dear friend, John Wineland. You can find John at www.johnwineland.com. And of course, that link and any additional resources, including a link to his book, will be in the show notes at brianreeves.com slash podcast. Also, remember, if you'd like to experience empowering transformational relationship coaching with me, go to brianreeves.com slash E-Y-R. It's Brian with a Y, reeves.com slash E-Y-R. And fill out the application on that page to get started. Lastly, and I ask this every episode, uh, some of you do it, many, many, many of you don't. (laughs) Please go write a review of this podcast right now on your podcast app. Doing so really does help me and the show immensely. Uh, I would certainly deeply, profoundly appreciate it. Please go do it. And, of course, don't forget to subscribe yourself while you're at it. I'm your thriving life and relationship coach, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Until soon, keep your head up, your breath relaxed, and your thoughts inspired.